Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. Coming up on this week's episode, Citrix have disclosed two new vulnerabilities in Netscaler ADC and Netscaler Gateways. Also, an interesting new study paints a worrying picture of Google search results. And Google Chrome's incognito mode is not as private as you may think. For this and more, keep listening to this episode of the podcast, which of course, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors. And that includes Numescent, the inventors of the first and only cloud-native container management platform for Windows desktops. And also brought to you by PolicyPack Software, now part of Netrics, where you use Group Policy or MDM to remove local admin rights, manage and lock down applications, Java, browsers, and mitigate ransomware, plus more. And of course, also brought to you by ControlUp, end-to-end digital experience management for the work-from-anywhere era. Control up. Happy users, happy IT. If you enjoy the show each week, you have these awesome sponsors to thank. And now for some news. Two vulnerabilities have been discovered in Netscaler ADC and Netscaler Gateway. The affected versions are Netscaler ADC and Gateway version 14.1 before 14.1-12.35, Netscaler ADC and Gateway 13.1 before 13.1-51.15, Netscaler ADC and Netscaler Gateway version 13.0 before 13.0-92.21. Also affected are Netscaler ADC 13.1-FIPS before version 13.1-37.176, ADC 12.1-FIPS before 12.1-55.302, and Netscaler ADC 12.1-NDCPP before version 12.1-55.302. Also, as always with these advisories, you should note that ADC and Gateway version 12.1 is end of life and is also vulnerable. So if you are running 12.1, the only path for you to become protected against this vulnerability and previous vulnerabilities is to upgrade to a supported version. So for these vulnerabilities, install the relevant updated versions as soon as possible. And I believe, at least at the time of recording this episode, there is no active exploits or mass exploitation going on yet. But as is always the case, this is the low hanging fruit here. These are appliances that are widely used in the enterprise and are exposed publicly. BleepyComputer.com added that the cloud software group, or Citrix, strongly recommends that network traffic to the appliance's management interface is separated either physically or logically from normal network traffic to give you an ongoing extra layer of protection. Google have released security updates to fix the first Chrome zero-day vulnerability of the year, and this is one that is being exploited in the wild. It is listed as CVE-2024-0519. This is yet another vulnerability in the Chrome V8 JavaScript engine. The vulnerability could be exploited to gain unauthorized access of out-of-bounds memory and may also be exploited to bypass protection mechanisms such as ASLR to make it easier to achieve code execution via other weaknesses. The patched versions that you want to be on at a minimum 
Uh, for Windows, it's 120.0.6099.224 or 225. And for Mac, it's 120.0.6099.234 or Linux, 120.0.6099.224. And as is usually the case, Google does not give a whole lot of technical details, even though this one is being exploited in the wild. They tend to hold their cards close to their chest. But patch. In fact, on the topic of patching Chrome, it's a good idea to constantly keep on top of the new uh, version updates for Chrome because kind of like the Netscaler, it is low hanging fruit and it is something that seems to have updates very, very often. It's supposed to have minor updates every week and major updates every three weeks. But in reality, if you check Google's website for the enterprise download, uh, it tends to be updated more frequently than that even. While the number of vulnerabilities patched this month by Microsoft is low and perhaps less worrisome than in other months, it is some other software vendors have some high profile vulnerabilities and several that are under exploitation that should keep admins more than busy this month. One such vulnerability is CVE-2024-21887, which is now being chained together with last year's CVE-2023-46805 for attacks by cyber gangs using Avanti's Connect Secure VPN and Policy Secure Network Access Control appliances. LeapyComputer.com reports that there is over 16,000 appliances online according to a Shodan search from this week. Administrators are advised to apply mitigation measures provided by Avanti on all ICS VPNs on their network. And they should also run Avanti's Integrity Checker Tool and consider all data on the ICS VPN appliance, including passwords and any secrets, as compromised if signs of a breach are found. Unfortunately, it seems like a full patch is not yet available, at least at the time that I recorded this episode, so be sure to follow the mitigation measures outlined by Avanti while waiting for a more permanent fix. And over the last few months, I reported on other high-profile vulnerabilities in Avanti's Endpoint Manager mobile, as well as an API vulnerability. So it's been a rough few months for Avanti. Late last year, Google settled a lawsuit for $5 billion as they were accused of tracking incognito users. Google has now updated a disclaimer in Chrome's experimental Canary channel release. And based on this, it appears soon when users open an incognito browser in Chrome, they'll see a notification warning them that other people using their device won't be able to see their activity, but that their downloads, bookmarks, and reading items will be saved. So perhaps Chrome incognito mode is not as incognito as some have thought. It would be interesting to see if some of the Chromium adaptations by other vendors, maybe like Microsoft's uh, what do they call it? Private mode or private window, I think. Uh, but they're equivalent of incognito mode since it's based off of Chrome. Uh, if they will be putting up a similar disclaimer or if they truly do not uh, save that kind of data at all. But a $5 billion payment is quite the fine uh, for, I guess, misleading people about the incognito capabilities. In worse news for Google, Researchers based in German universities published a study that looks at whether Google search results are getting worse. An article posted by 404 Media, or I guess <laughs> the way I wanted to read it, it's 404 Media. I know that's not 
uh, correct, but eh, okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but they discuss what they included in their research within the article, like product views and more. Uh, but the main crux appears to be that search engine optimization or SEO spam is indeed leading to worse search results in Google over time, which is not really surprising in my opinion. Marketing teams and web designers know what drives a higher indexing by Google in their search results, and they feed into that. But that does not necessarily lead to the best content and the best results when you search within Chrome if people are just basically gaming the system. And as Dare Obasanjo on Twitter suggests, you can now use chat to get answers instead of having to wade through these spam links in Google and he said it reminds him of Google versus AltaVista back in the day, which, yes, Google must really feel threatened right now. And unfortunately for them, a lot of this is their own doing. So I got to think that the higher ups at Google are sweating right now and they really need to ramp up and try to knock OpenAI off their perch and get their AI initiatives accelerated as quickly as possible. Now some quick hit stories to wrap up the news for this week. So following up on a story from last week about issues caused by a Windows update for a security feature bypass vulnerability in BitLocker, Microsoft has now confirmed that they are working on a fix for the known issue that's causing the 0x800-70643 errors when installing KB5034441. So keep an eye out for that permanent fix. And in the meantime, if you didn't listen to last week's episode of the podcast, Microsoft already has a PowerShell script available uh, if you are facing issues with this, but a more permanent traditional fix is hopefully going to be available soon. OpenAI have launched the GPT store that will help you find useful and popular custom versions of ChatGPT. And I saw a pretty interesting one by the awesome Bob Kelly. I believe he launched, I think it's called the App Details Deployment Assistant, which you can basically just input an application name and it will return a bunch of information about that application that's useful uh, for application packagers. Like, you know, how to silently install it, maybe how to uh, remove the desktop shortcut and so forth. Alexander Holmstedt on Twitter shared that code snippets in Teams now has a copy button. So not everyone seems to have it yet within their Teams but he confirmed that it appears for him in both his new version and classic versions. So this may be something coming to you soon. WindowsCentral.com had a really interesting article this week that suggests that Microsoft is trying to shore up its co-pilot offering by building out enough capabilities natively with Microsoft-owned resources that if the day ever does come, that it could continue working without requiring ChatGPT. So certainly an interesting move. Perhaps this is one that's been made because they got a little spooked by the changes that were occurring at the end of last year with OpenAI changing the entire leadership, people resigning, threatening to quit. So maybe Microsoft is deciding, hey, we better figure out a way to stand on our own uh, just in case something bad goes down with OpenAI. Azure Virtual Network Encryption is generally available in the UK South Swiss North and West Central US regions now. And if you're not familiar, Azure Virtual Network Encryption is a feature of Azure Virtual Networks, and the Virtual Network Encryption allows you to seamlessly encrypt and decrypt traffic between Azure Virtual Machines. 
TheIntercept.com reported that OpenAI have quietly deleted language expressly prohibiting the use of its technology for military purposes from its usage policy, which seeks to dictate how powerful and immensely popular tools like ChatGPT can be used. Uh, so kind of speaking out the corner of both sides of their mouths, because, you know, last year and I think the end of the year before, uh, one of the big things that they had moved to do or Sam Altman had moved to do publicly is play down people's concerns about the dangers of AI. Well, in one way, he was saying, well, yeah, it's possible that there are dangers. However, you could trust us because we're going to use it only for ethical purposes and keep things in track. Uh, whereas now it seems like uh, they're a little more open to how AI is going to be used by governments and uh, military organizations, or at least that's how it reads. Now, they did release their own statement to kind of quell concerns about this, but eh, I don't know. Uh, what they've put in instead is a much more broad term, which they say covers a lot more uh, possible use cases uh, for AI from these types of organizations. So they think it's better, but uh, as others have pointed out, it's much more vague now, so it's not reassuring. But that's it for this week's news. Now this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. First up, the awesome EUC Masters Retreat of Old, which has been rebranded to EUC Unplugged, is going to be taking place once again in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 19th through 21st, and there's limited space left. This is the premier event in end-user computing, so you'll want to be sure that you're there if this is the space that you work in. So sign up and register now or else you're going to miss out because there's very few spaces left. Finally, I saw that ZDNet shared that you're able to purchase Windows 11 Pro licenses for $40 at the moment through Stack Social. Uh, the deal expires on Tuesday. I did a little bit of research because I never heard of Stack Social before, and it seems like it's a credible source. They seem to be a reseller. Uh, so if you need a Pro license or maybe you already have some home licenses that you'd want to upgrade to Pro, this could be a relatively cheap option. But that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening.